Again today, I want to say thank you for joining us. Some of you have joined us probably for over 70 of our broadcasts, and some of you, this might be your first time. But we really enjoy the opportunity to get together with you and to, to talk about God's Word, to explain the meaning of God's Word, because that's so important. I think this is an eternal book. It's, it's inspired by God. And if we're to live properly, and if we're to be ready when Jesus comes back, then it must be Bible-based. So thank you again for joining us. Remember, we're looking at the study of the mysteries of God. And we've gone through a whole array of these, but we have two more to cover on the kingdom of heaven. We're on next to the last parable. There's a number of parables, and this is one of the, the last parables. We'll look at this one today, and next week we'll, we'll do the final one of the parables concerning the mysteries of God. But then we have another very large topic, the restoration of all things. All these, including the rapture of the church, the, the church is the bride of Christ, all these are part of the mysteries of God, where God's word beforehand spoke the plan of God, and then he revealed what that plan would mean and how it can apply to us as we saw the New Testament develop. Well, today we're looking at the, the parable, the story of the ten virgins. And I've got to say that this is probably the, the best known of all the parables in the Bible, certainly the best known of all the kingdom of heaven parables. And I've also got to tell you that I think it's one of my favorite parables of all the parables that are in the whole Bible. And so I'm anxious for us to, to have the opportunity to talk to you about this particular parable. But let me also tell you this. I think of all the parables in the Bible, this one may be the one that's most often misapplied. So with that introduction, let, let's talk about this, this wonderful story. Go with me to Matthew chapter 25. And while I'm not going to read the complete story, I do want to read several verses. Notice what it says. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins. So, so this time we see that in terms of talking of the kingdom of heaven, one of the mysteries of God, he said that it's likened to the ten virgins. It's interesting because you see he could have likened it to the, the bridegroom or he could have likened it to a number of other ideas or, or uh, symbols in this parable, but no, he likens it to the ten virgins. And then it goes on to say this, who took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. They were, they were foolish, took their lamps, and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go you out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose, trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. We're going to stop our reading there because you see the significance of this incredible parable. Well, as we look at the lessons for this, I think there's some things that we need to, to look at. Number one, what is the, the general exhortation of the whole passage? And I think we need to, to see that at the beginning, because if we know that at the beginning, maybe we'll be wise as we look at the, the specific teaching of it. First of all, I think it has to do with watchfulness. Notice this, that they were sleeping. Both the, the wise and the foolish were sleeping. They, they were, had the same occupation. And so it's watchfulness. What a lesson this is going to be on watchfulness. And now the idea of preparedness. Wow. You know, one of the things that, that I've really come to appreciate, maybe it's because I'm a teacher, I watch how people prepare for something. If I announce an exam or if I announce an assignment, do some people, they, they begin preparing for it right away. And others, well, we put it off to the last minute. I was a procrastinator growing up. I still procrastinate on some of the things, and maybe you're a procrastinator, but this parable teaches on these two subjects of watchfulness and preparedness. 
Now, also to help us understand this important uh, parable, let's look at the symbols. And I see that there's four important ones. First of all, the lamps, the Bible speaks that of professing individuals. You see, really, every one of us have a lamp. We have a, a life. We have a, a profession about ourselves, not our profession in terms of our job, but a profession of what we really believe and, what, and who we really are. And that's the lamp. And then there's the oil. <clears throat> and throughout Scripture, the, the oil is a picture of the Holy Spirit. It's possessed only by those that are true believers. The Bible says that, that anyone who's born again has the Spirit of God in him. And we can't lose our salvation, and we can't lose the Spirit of God. But if a person is truly born again, Jesus Christ lives in them, and the Spirit of God lives in them. And in the Bible, it's often used as symboled by the oil. And then another character that we have, another item that we have in the parable, is the bridegroom. And that speaks of Christ in this particular case. And then there are foolish virgins. Remember, the Bible says that there were ten virgins. On the outside, they were, they were virgins. They were all good people. But five were wise and five were foolish. And so the foolish virgins, these are professing individuals, but not true believers. One of the shocking things in this day and time is that there are still people that I say are playing the game of church. They, they know about Jesus. Matter of fact, just this week, I had a, an incredible experience where I talked to a person and they knew about Jesus. They knew historically about Jesus. But I don't know if there's ever a time that they truly had accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. This parable, this is why it's so important, this parable approaches and teaches, especially concerning the idea of watchfulness and being prepared. And so these foolish virgins would say they certainly weren't prepared. Now, here's the, the question that's so important on this parable. When is the passage for? And while there may be lots of views on it. There's two main views. And so I want to discuss those just with you for a moment. One view is that this is talking about the rapture. Remember in our previous studies, and you can go back to, to lesson number 46, B-tip lesson number 46, and we talked about how Christ comes for the church. There's a sound of the trumpet. There's a voice of the archangel. There's a call, come up here. And Christ comes to the clouds and real believers leave the earth and they go to meet him in the clouds, and then we go to heaven. And so that's the rapture. And so some people think that this is referring to the rapture when the church goes to meet the bridegroom. Another point of view is this. This really is referring to the time at the end of the tribulation when Christ comes back with the church. Now, this is an interesting point of view, and you know what? Uh, this is why I say so often this parable is misapplied. I'm going to just tell you at the beginning that my point of view is that really it's the second one. I think this occurs at the end of the tribulation when Christ comes back with the church. And so let me talk to that particular point and have us go to Revelation chapter 19. Revelation 19. This is certainly a, a portion of Scripture that we looked at three or four times in our study. And I want to begin our reading in verse 7. And while the entire passage there deals with this important uh, aspect, we probably won't read the whole thing, but you can do so at your leisure. Revelation chapter 19, verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife hath made herself ready. 
And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the right, fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said unto me, Right, blessed are they who are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And he goes on to talk about this whole idea in verse 11. I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon it was called Faithful and True, and righteous doth he judge and make war. And so now he returns back to the earth. So clearly, Revelation 19 is talking about the marriage supper of the Lamb being prepared to meet the bridegroom, Christ, as he returns from heaven with his bride. Notice, I've emphasized that comes back with his bride or the church to heaven. I also like this passage in, in Luke chapter 12. Here's what it says. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning and you yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding. So the wedding has already occurred, but now they have the, the, the wedding feast that when he comes and knocks, they may open unto him immediately. So these are passages that refer to this. And I think again, that this is important because you see, I believe that we're really talking about the time after the tribulation. Now, let me go back to, to Matthew chapter 25 again. And this is the, the, the passage itself and look at several things that are really important. Number one, the word then. As you come to, to chapter 25, verse one, first word, then shall the kingdom of heaven be like unto ten virgins. And so when it says then, it says that after what has occurred, and what has occurred is Revelation chapter 24. Remember, in our previous study, we talked about the fact that Revelation 20, uh, Matthew 24, Wow, there is not a Revelation 24, so those of you looking for that, you'll have a hard time finding that. Matthew 24. And remember in Matthew 24, verse 8, it says, all these are the beginning of sorrow. So, so we know this, Matthew 24, verse 8, that's the beginning of the tribulation. You go to Matthew chapter 24, verse 15. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whosoever reads, let him understand. That's the midpoint of the tribulation as we see in Revelation 13, and as we see in Daniel chapter nine. And then Matthew chapter 24, verse 29 says, immediately after the tribulation of those days. So Matthew 24 is a tribulation text. We see the beginning, we can pinpoint the midpoint of it, and we can also look at the end of it. And so when you come to chapter 25, verse one, he says, and then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened. So it's progressive. And so I think that this, we can say, occurs after the tribulation. That's the time that we read of in Revelation 19, when the bridegroom comes with the church to celebrate and to show in public his bride. Next, I think this is quite interesting. Some versions actually say he came back with his bride. They, they actually put the with his bride in there. And again, it indicates this point of view. The third one is this, there's no mention of the bride. You see, when Christ comes back for the rapture of the church, Thessalonians chapter four, John 14, verses one through three, Corinthians 15, the bride is one of the main aspects of it. But when we come here, what is important is the bridegroom coming back with the bride for the marriage supper. And so there's no mention of the bride. You see, the bridegroom was coming back for the marriage supper. It was a time when he would publicly display his bride Remember, we've talked about the fact that the rapture is, is very much like the, I'm gonna say the Jewish wedding of Jesus' day, 
where the bridegroom would, would find a girl that he wanted to, to marry. And he would make a deal with the father. And once he made that deal, they would seal it with a, drinking a cup of wine. And then he would go back to his father's house. And right there inside his father's house or alongside his father's house, he would build a, a place for he and his new bride to live. And when that was done, then we'd go back to where his, his bride was living and he would say, ready. And she would leave and the bridegroom and the bride, they would go and they would be married. They would consummate the, the marriage vow. And then seven days later, all the guests would arrive and then they would come out for the celebration. It would be the public display of the bride. And so when Christ comes back in the rapture, he'll come back, he'll say, ready. And those of us who are saved, we're gonna to go to be with him in heaven. Then seven years later, we'll come back and we'll be on display. The world's gonna say, wow, we wondered where you went. They're gonna see us dressed in white, our wedding garments, they're gonna see us on display with the bridegroom. And so I see this as, as really a, a reinforcement of how the wedding scenario worked in Jesus' day. No mention of the bride, but a public display of the bridegroom and the marriage supper. And of course, the bride is there with the bridegroom. Now, let's go to this idea. So what's the meaning of the passage? Well, number one, the wedding takes place in heaven. He's returning from it. Next, the bridegroom returns to earth with his bride, the church. The third thing, the faithful remnant of the tribulation saints will go with him to the marriage celebration. That's what it's talking about. You see, once Christ leaves with the bride and we go to heaven, they know he's coming back again. And during that seven years period, that's when there will be faithful tribulation saints that will go through this, this horrible time called the tribulation. And some of them, all of them will be looking for him, all 10 were looking for him, but some were ready. But the foolish ones, they're denied entrance, why? Because they, they were never really born again. They, they didn't take oil in their, their lamp. I think the application of this is just so important because you see, here's what we read in the Bible. Some are sleeping. Matter of fact, all of them were sleeping. What a display of what's taking place even today. I look at the church, I look at the professing church, so many are asleep. We, we have the idea that, that the church is something that's social or political. No, it's something to be spiritual. The point of the church is to learn something concerning the Word of God, to, to make sure of your salvation, to, to be equipped to go out into the world and, and to be involved in the spiritual battle. And so they made the mistake of sleeping. Next, they made the mistake of having no oil. They, they thought they could go out and buy oil at the last minute. No, you see the oil representing the Spirit of God. You must come to Christ now. You must receive Christ. You must be ready for Christ when the bridegroom comes back. Whether he comes back in the rapture for the bride or if he comes back at the end of the tribulation with the bride, both times you must be ready. And then notice this, the door was closed on them. Oh, you see, the, the truth is they had good intentions. So I say really the parable applies to both points of view. Now that's amazing. That's why I wanted to present both them to you. I think the truest application is at the end of the tribulation. But you want to know something? I've heard some incredible messages, some beautiful messages, how that it refers to the rapture. And I can't disagree with the intent and the application of that. I think it applies both points of view. But it, here's what it emphasizes. Be real not pretend. My concern today is there are a lot of pretend Christians. You see, they like the idea of being a member of a church in a, in a physical way. They like to identify with, uh, with a, a large building, a beautiful choir, a, 
a wonderful, a wonderful church building. I'm not against those things. But when I say be real, I'm talking about have you ever taken time to receive Christ as your personal Savior? And if you do, then there's oil in your lamp because the, that's the Spirit of God and He only comes to those that truly believe in Jesus Christ. Another lesson I see is they were all good. All ten were virgins. You could not find better people than these ten virgins. Morally, they were all as good as one another. But the trouble is, you can be good, but you're still not good enough. Those that were ready when the bridegroom came back, it wasn't because they were good, it was because they had oil in their lamp. And so being good, it's not good enough. And then you see what happens, those that were pretenders, they tried to take on the values and the cause of the ones that were wise, wise and foolish. Wise ones, they really received the oil in their lamp. They really received and believed in the bridegroom. And those that were foolish, they were good. They weren't good enough. But they made no final decision to receive the bridegroom as their personal savior. My friend, don't just take on the values and the cause of the, of the church, but you need salvation. That's what this important parable teaches. And so it's this idea of be watching, be ready, be real. And I believe that as we look at this, I, I'm fascinated by this. The tribulation, when the bridegroom comes back at the end of the tribulation, there's gonna be a judgment upon this earth. Now we've just watched a pandemic with COVID. And let me tell you that, that the judgment of God on planet earth during the tribulation is gonna be way bigger than COVID. Matter of fact, I had someone tell me this week, it was interesting, he said, think about the judgment of COVID. I mean, it's, it's, it's so little, you gotta look at it under a microscope. That's COVID. That's just one disease. Do you understand that the tribulation that displays the wrath of God upon the earth is way bigger? It, it will be so big, you won't need a microscope to look at it. It will go way beyond one disease. It says that there's gonna be diseases, plural. There's gonna be famines, plural. There's gonna be wars, plural. There's gonna be earthquakes and, and, and every disaster, one after one after one after another, including water turning to blood, including half the population of the earth destroyed. The judgment of God is big, the coronavirus is little, and you know what? People today are fearing coronavirus. <laughs> they should be fearing the almighty, sovereign God of the universe. My friend, I wanna know this, are you ready? You see, this parable speaks to the idea of being watchful, being prepared. And so again today, I want you to ask yourself this question. Has there ever been a time that you personally received Christ as your savior. Because if not, you might be one of the five foolish virgins. You might have a good moral life. You might identify with the values and the cause of the Bible and of Christians. But if you've never received Christ as your personal savior, my friend, you're not ready. You'll be one of the foolish virgins. You'll be among those that will be locked out of heaven and you'll knock at the door and scream for God to answer the door, and he's already given you time right now, today, to receive Christ. Be watchful, be prepared, because are you ready is an important question. Remember, it implies this, number one, to admit to God that you're a sinner, that you show of God's standard. 
all your good works, it's not enough. The, the five foolish virgins, their good works, their moral life was not enough. Number two, acknowledge that the remedy is the bridegroom. The remedy is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ went to the cross bearing all of our sin. And on the cross, he shed his blood. On the cross, he gave his life. He said, it's finished. The work that saves is done. And he rose from the dead. Admit you're a sinner. Acknowledge that Jesus Christ is, is the, the substitute for your sin. And number three, personally accept him. And when you say, Lord Jesus, I take you to be my savior. I take you to be my substitute. My friend, that puts oil in your lamp. And then you're ready. You're ready for him now. You're ready for him at the end of the tribulation. Let me ask you today, have you ever made a decision to receive Christ? So I ask you this question, are you ready? Be watchful, be prepared. The Lord Jesus is coming soon. Father, we come to you and I thank you for this parable. It's a parable that ever since I was a boy, I, I enjoyed the message of it. And Father, the more I study it, the more I see that, that you and your love and in your mercy, you, you're pleading with people to be real, to be ready. Father, may there be some today that will receive Christ as their personal Savior and be ready when Jesus comes. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.